0: How we doing, everybody? This is our Thanksgiving episode, or as Chris calls it, our Friendsgiving episode of Shorthanded Takes, a Boston Bruins podcast. This is episode 10, brought to you by Couch Guy Sports and sponsored by Shocked Energy. I am Jeff Hoke. Uh, as usual, Kevin Perdillos and Chris Henrique. We have Zach, our Buffalo Sabres guy, down below here. And we have Jamie Gatlin up above, our... Other local Bruins guy. I'm sorry, Zach. Uh, I did not realize we were going to be just a full group of Bruins, uh, or just one Sabres guy. But it is what it is. We're we're just we're going to talk a little bit about the Sabers because they do play the Sabers tomorrow, and or today yeah. when this podcast releases. Um, we are brought to you by Shocked Energy, of course. Ever feel able to unable to focus, tired, and low watt energy? We understand that feeling. We understand it so well that Shorthanded Takes a Boston Bruins podcast is brought to you by. The Couch Guy Sports Network is sponsored by our friends at Shocked Energy. Head over to www.shockedenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your next order. That's CGSN for 10% off your next order. Before we get into the Sabres, though, I do want to dive in a little bit uh, before we get into our big uh, Thanksgiving aspect of this. I want to dive in a little bit to the Bruins last over the weekend, uh, Chris's hot take on Sunday obviously uh, was six to two loss to the Calgary Flames. It was close. It was four nothing at the hands of a Dan Vladar shutouts. Um, but first things first, I'm going to go over to Kevin and talk about the Flyers' uh, win really quick. That was a uh, positive win for the Bruins. They looked pretty well in that win, five to two, and that was in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, um, it's good win. A oh, game you should have won, obviously. Um, a good a good um, analogy I would use is during the Monday night football game last night, they kept saying this was a get-right game for Tampa, right? You're kind of reeling. You kind of need to just kind of get out and get some game action in against a team you have no business losing to, Um that's the same for the Flyers, I think. Um, you know, yeah, the Bruins haven't been playing great, but it should have been a game that we kind of, all right, let's get our feet back under us and um, hopefully it carries over to Calgary. As we know now, it didn't. But overall, you know, we'll, we'll, well, what, Chris what are you wearing <laughs> um over <laughs> that just threw me so off oh, I'm sorry guys. Can you see
2: the gold jacket you
1: <laughs> can you see the gold? um yeah so overall it's a good game you got to win those games um you know the flyers are they're reeling right now they're kind of um a shitbag bag team so we'll we'll leave it at that
0: as get we speak. two points and get out. As we speak, they're losing 4 nothing right now to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Carter Hart is in goal. Jamie, I'll go up to you for a second. Uh, Derek Forbert has been a, on a absolute hot tear, as we all expected, of course, a goal-scoring machine early on. What's your take on him? Obviously, he's not going to uh, keep it up for long, but it, it's a good sign and for that uh, offense.
3: I like he's a little sniper now. He's a little sniper, actually, we got there. Uh, I mean, I like it. You know, they. I question the signing. Um, just because, you know, they put him on the first line, which I don't think he belongs on the first pairing, but, you know, they needed offense from the defense. Other than McFoy, the defenseman hadn't, you know, been scoring or pretty much been the stat sheet. So you love to see a guy like him kind of stepping up and getting that scoring going.
0: Chris, we'll go down to you before we talk uh, the upcoming game against the Sabres. Talk about the Calgary Flames game. Uh, Darth Vladar was in goal, obviously. uh, Posted a shutout for nothing. Swayman was left out to dry by the team. As usual, there was a two on zero, uh, you know, advantage. But, you you know, left him out to dry. Just talk about that 4 nothing loss. Uh, It kind of uh, uh, looms larger than most of us think, I feel.
2: I don't know. I mean, like. I look at it like this. First off, McAvoy wasn't really good that game. He was a minus three for the game. Um, <clears throat> and I think a lot of the Bruins fans from looking at social media, you know, they were taken back that Vladar was the guy that, that posted the, the shutout and it was the uh, you know, your typical, like, Oh, why well, we can't have guys like that in the, with the, with the Boston Bruins, like, just give me a break. Like Vladar had a good, had a good game. Calgary was, was a lot, you know, they, they were more dominant on the ice offensively they looked a lot better defensively they um i know, just they seem like they hustle better on defense um and they just had a stranglehold in the bruins the whole game you know the bruins really couldn't get much going um you know johnny gudeau i want him to score two goals i said that in my prediction but he ended up doing that but overall the calgary uh the calgary flames look like the better team and um Again, I, I still think that the Bruins play is a byproduct of their schedule, that they can't get that momentum going. And I think once finally this, this stupid schedule that they're playing starts to break up and they have a consistent schedule, we'll be able to evaluate and say, hey, this is what the Bruins are. So, um, Lennar had a great game. Swayman didn't. But I also think that his defense uh, hung him out to dry all game. And his, obviously his offense is non-existent.
0: No, that's very true. And the only way you can do that is to bounce back and to play on Sunday. They played on Sunday against Calgary. Now they play uh, when we, when this video posts, it will be Wednesday. So the day of the game against in Buffalo against the Buffalo Sabres. And that's why we have a resident Buffalo Sabres guy, Zach here to talk about it a little bit. Now, Zach, obviously Buffalo has been on a little bit of slide lately. uh, Hoping to bounce back. What, what have you seen that has changed from the beginning of the season to now.
4: Um I would say nine from the beginning of the season. I would just say from like the last ten years. Um this team is competing and it's a nice sight to see because you go back to like the I know you asked about like the previous few games, but really like it's just like standing out to me. Like there this team is competing. Like under like Ralph Kruder and all that, like they would like lose like three or four to one right now. Like they would give up four goals, and they wouldn't play. But now, under Don Granado, they are playing to win the game. And that's all I asked for this team this year. Like, I didn't expect this team to be good, not even average. Like, I knew it was going to be another, another rough year, and the writing's on the wall with that, obviously. But you see the competitiveness in this team, man. It's such a nice sight to see because, like, like I said – they were facing the Toronto Maple Leafs last weekend. They were losing three to one. I know they lost in, in the third period, but they came back and tied it. And then again, against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets just recently, yesterday. They, yes, they lost, yes, but they were showing, like they were down five to two and they made it five to four at one point. So just to answer your question, it's just still uh, willing to play the game because we all know how bad a series have been the last decade. I'm not sure how much you guys have seen them other than when they're playing the Bruins, but like even when they were playing the Bruins, like when the Bruins were out in front, they they would never like look back. They would just roll, roll over the savers. But now I know we faced you guys earlier in the year and we didn't really score on Linus, but even that game, I think you guys can agree with me. They showed some fight in what the Buffalo did and it didn't lead to anything, but that's just the base thing is seeing this team compete night in, night out. It's really refreshing to see.
2: Yeah. So like Zach, I wrote something on couch guy a couple of weeks back where I basically said that the Buffalo Sabres front office was a complete shit show. And, um, you know, obviously that was tongue in cheek, but I also think that, you know, I think a lot of Sabres fans would probably somewhat agree though a little bit that the front office has been a shit show. I know that they've made a lot of moves and they've in a lot of younger players and, and there's a lot to be optimistic for in Buffalo really for the first time in a long time. Um, So I guess with that being said, obviously you've seen a couple of players leave Buffalo, Taylor Hall, and then Almar come to Boston. What's like, you know, what's your true feeling on like how you're, you know, the way you're looking at this Buffalo Sabres team? Are you truly optimistic? Do you think that they're bringing in the right players to usher in, you know, the potential next Buffalo Sabres team that can actually be competitive in, in the National Hockey League?
4: Yes, I'm very convinced that this is – I know you can say, like, this team has been rebuilding for, like, the last 10 years. And it's true. They have been rebuilding. But it seems like Kevin Adams is doing it the right way this time. Like, he wants to bring in the players that want to be here. And I know it's a cliche, like, no one to play in Buffalo. I get that. I hear it every single day as a Sabres fan. But some players do want to play here. Like, Alex Stuck, he he was a Sabres fan growing up. He was more than excited to be here in the Eichel trade. Um. You just want these players there, and Kevin Adams, to his credit, is doing a good job after starting out rough. Like, I did not like that Taylor Hall trade at all one bit. Like, you're trading away a former MVP to your divisional rival nonetheless, and you get back a third and fourth liner and a second-round pick when the same day, I think, they got Nick Foligno for a first-round pick. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Like, why would you do that? But then again, but you know what? I was a little salty about Hall leaving and. But then again, I knew he was gonna do good with you guys because let's face it, Buffalo Series, Boston Bruins. It, it it's pretty self-explanatory.
2: I think it makes it easier with Hall leaving though, because it was just a, it was a free agent signing, he was there for half a season. I think if Hall was there and either he was drafted or let's say he was there for like five, six years, it'd be a different conversation. I think mm. the fans would be a little more upset. I think the fact that for me anyway, like you have Hall, here's a player you gave $8 million to it was something like that, right? $8 million in change. Yeah, one year, $8 million, you know, $8
4: million deal it was, you know.
2: You bring him in, you expect, you expect offense, you expect him to produce. And he didn't do that in Buffalo. And then he obviously left there, came to Boston and was, you know, somewhat instrumental in them in that, you know, small window from the trade deadline to the, to the NHL postseason where he was somewhat productive. Yeah. Um, even you know, besides that, I think that the fact that people aren't really talking a lot about was Curtis Lazar. I mean, he was hurt when he was traded from Buffalo, comes to Boston. I, I think he has an opportunity where once that kid's healthy, he can kind of stabilize that bottom six that the Bruins are really looking to try to stabilize within their, their lineup. If you can maybe give some Bruins fans from a Sabres perspective on Lazar.
4: Yeah, I mean, before I talk about Lazar, it's kind of like I really think that's what they're trying to do with Bjork here the other part that came over for the whole deal. I think that because let's face it, he wasn't getting a fair shot in Boston because there's just too much depth there. Like there's just too much like talent in that team. And so for Lazar, he, I liked him a lot. Like the year before uh, COVID hit that season, um, he was a really good player, like a bottom six player to have on your team. You know, he can throw a buy around, he can score here and there. So, and now that you have him on a team like Boston, I'm not sure who he's playing, who he'd be playing with, but maybe you guys can answer that question in a little bit here. But if you like play him with, um, I don't know, like a Coil maybe or a I think that might be a good fit for him in Boston. And he's on a good, he's on a well-coached team. I have lots of respect for Bruce Cassidy. As much as it pains me to say it, because he's a Boston guy, I respect him because he's a good coach and I would definitely want to play for him. So, Paul, I would say that Lazar is going to be a style player, especially on a good team like Boston when he's healthy. I'm not sure when he's coming back, but
0: now it does appear that uh, Linus will be in goal tomorrow for the Bruins. Oh, great. That from, from what the lines say today, obviously that can change tomorrow. Um, what is what is the just break it down for us for a second. What is what is the game plan to beat this Bruins team and get back in the win column?
4: He's got to start shooting the pucks more. I mean, I I know it's a cliche, shoot the puck and good things are going to happen. But, like, and especially with Linus to that, they know his tendencies and his weaknesses. Like, you need to – I wouldn't say get him moving because, well, he's a big guy, so it makes him hard to move. But even last year, like, I don't – I'm not sure how he looks in Boston this year because I don't watch him. I was in more now that he's not with the Sabers, So, I feel like if he was getting moving around a little bit, um, I don't know. He, I really didn't notice other than like when he was like on the ground, like on the ice, like sprawling out, like it takes him a while to like get back up because he's such a big dude. But um, I feel like just, I don't know, just try to stack some pressure up. I mean, it's going to be hard to do, especially against the uh, Pasternak, Marshawn, Bergeron, and and whoever he has on his line. So just They just got to play their game. Um, they sh- I'm not sure if you guys saw the Penguins game or heard about it, but Savers took a 2-0 lead in the second period against Pittsburgh. Okay, great. Third period happened, and I'm not going to lie when I say this, guys. Savers had, like, three shots all period in the third period, and Pittsburgh had 20 shots on goal in that period alone, and they outshot Savers, like, 45-19 in the game. So... They cannot do that against the Boston Bruins team because it's not going to be a two-one win. It's going to be a five-nothing win, if anything. So,
1: I got. Uh, I I'll follow this one up on something you touched on a little bit earlier. Now, obviously, on the surface, the answer is no, it doesn't. But could you see aside? Do you think the Sabers trading Eichel actually makes them better? In, in why why I say this is similar to I believe you know on the surface you know the mookie we're crossing past path uh, sports here, which is a huge thing. mookie bets getting traded is kind of like all right obviously you're you're not going to be a better team but the pieces that we came in were an overall better team. we're allowing more guys to kind of develop and play you know instead of, all right, we have one superstar in, you know, right field. We have three or four mm-hmm. solid guys throughout the, the lineup. Yeah. Having a guy like Eichel and the, the off-ice disputes that he had with ownership and whatever, does this now kind of take that distraction out of the clubhouse and would in turn make you guys an overall better team going forward?
4: Believe it or not, I think it does. And let me tell you why. Yeah. Um, Yes, you're. It's gonna. Don't get me wrong. It sucks losing Jack Eichel. I don't think any team who trades Jack Eichel is gonna be happy about moving an elite player, a top five player when he's healthy in the NHL. But you know what? Like I heard he had an interview and with Elliot Friedman. I'm not sure if you guys saw it or not, but he said like they were trying to rebuild again in 2020, and he wanted out. And you know what? I can't blame him because he was supposed to be part of the first rebuild back in 2014, 2015, and obviously it didn't go so well for us. So I like I said, I touched on this earlier earlier, and I keep on bringing this back up. I want the old and with the new. So you're getting rid of man, it sucks to lose that these guys, but Eichel, Reinhardt, and Linus. Okay. There's three of your key place, key pieces right there. Your cornerstones, your franchise, all gone now. So you're bringing in Alex Stark, who when he's healthy, a pretty good, a pretty solid player. A First and second line guy. And I'm paying Krebs, who's doing a great job in the AHL right now. So, let's be honest, I don't think anyone can replace Jack Eichel on his team. His skill set alone. Because those are pretty big shoes to fill. You, like, you touched on Mookie. Like, Verdugo's a solid player, but he's no Mookie Betts. Right. I think we could all agree on that. So, Yes, you're getting rid of an elite player, but at the same time, you're beginning back a pretty good player in return. And you just want to build a new foundation. Like I said, I think this is a rebuild 2.0 for Calvin Adams because he wants to get it right. Because watching his team the last 10 years, the management has screwed us over so many times. Like, Chris, I know you wrote your article about this, this current regime right now, but – if you were royal about last, the last few regimes, I would agree with you 100%. I am, I'm with you there. So yes, I, to answer your question, yes, I do think it makes us better going forward.
2: So like yes. really quick, hang on really quick. So I got, um, and it's fine. I don't really it's <laughs> what it is. I, I, I actually enjoy when when the Facebook world and or the Twitter world or wherever I share content kind of goes at me. But I got to tell you what Saber's Facebook world was pissed that i basically called out that front office i had this one guy that direct messaged me on on facebook and he like he detailed out every single friggin prospect the sabers have talking about how they're on the up and the come. And i'm like dude like i get it i understand but you have to understand as well on the outs first off on the outside looking in the buffalo sabers have been a train wreck so again, I don't call myself a Sabres expert whatsoever. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do that. I think that you do a really good job and with your content that you produce on the couch guy website, you do a really good job breaking that stuff down. I think it's a big reason why that, um, CGS has a, has a really good Buffalo following in general. Um, you know, but with that, if you kind of just, you know, broad brush it, Buffalo has struggled to maintain, um, you know, that, that foundation where they're trying to build at least from, from the casual. Now, I think what made it hard for a lot of people to kind of digest that trade was the fact that there was that rumored Calgary trade, you know, on, you know, that was days before that, that deal happened. And,
4: a lot and of that trade a lot of
2: that Calgary trade was the actual, let's just say that was legit. If you had to choose between the two, obviously, like, you want to take that Calgary move. Like, a Calgary move makes you better. I think a lot of people don't understand that Alex Tuck, yeah, he is a good player. But I think, uh, like, if you look at it on the surface, again, that casual hockey fan, because that's a a lot of who is going to gravitate towards these moves, they're going to look at that Sabres return and say, well, again, the Sabres, you know, they didn't make out the way they probably should have. And and I, I, I kind of give you credit because, you know, you, you broke down your article. And if you guys, if the people who are going to listen, go to the Couch Guy website, look up Zach's article. He breaks down each player that was traded. Um, You kind of detail as to why those guys were important to that deal. But do you really think, though, like long term that, you know, like what is Alex Tuck's like true ceiling, I guess, for the Sabres?
4: So if they build around him correctly, I could see him scoring 25 goals a year, maybe um especially I know you touched on like the farm system and if these guys like pan out in the American League so you got American Hockey League, you got Jack Quinn you have um there's so many guys down there JJ Paterka like these guys who are a bunch of like who came in like as no names but now they're starting to get rough for themselves and now you add paying Krebs to that mix and like hey these guys have a nice foundation going forward so I really feel like Chris like why this team was so bad developing is because they were just throwing them into the fire like they didn't let them develop because I don't think that you want obviously Jack Eichel is a talent who's right to play like we all know he doesn't need any American League time or whatever whatsoever but you're throwing these poor players in who are 18 19 years old and you're just throwing them in the fire like hey go play a hockey and Try to get results. So I'm trying to think. Yeah, but for Chuck, though, like if he has a talent around him, I think he'd be a captain for the Savers going forward. And you look at who they have right now. You have Dylan Cousins, Casey Millstadt, Tage Thompson, who is the team's MVP this year. Um, and on the defensive side. Um, oh, I forgot to throw in Jeff Stern and Victor Olsen, too. Like, you have those guys there. And on defense, you have Rasmus Dowling and Henry Yokiharu. You have own power now in the system. You just want to – if you can, like, stack these guys up and not rush them, I think you're in good shape, especially if they live up to their potential. I know it's not guaranteed that they're going to be stars in this league. It's a hard lead to play in. But if you do it the right way, then this team can be a contender in five to ten years. As crazy as it sounds, and I know how bad a series have been the last decade. I've seen it firsthand. Like it's been brutal. Even last year, it was probably the worst year of series hockey for the last 10 years I've ever seen. And that's with Jack Eichel, Taylor Hall, Jeff Skinner, Victor Olsen, et cetera, et cetera. So that's my opinion on Tuck. And I think Krubbs is gonna be again if he lives up to expectations you give me a 30 goal score in this league. I really do.
0: So Zach, before we move on uh, to our next segment, and I got to ask a Jamie a question too, uh, you have a new podcast coming out for CGS uh, just announced on Twitter. Uh, just give us a little bit of a rundown of what that's going to be and what you plan on talking about. And I know it's Buffalo based. And I just, just go ahead and give yourself a little air time for your new podcast coming up
4: so we actually i actually record my new first episode today you can go check it out you can go follow the twitter account it's at Pod, and it's just called buffalo sports podcast so obviously you guys know i was a writer for like the last year and a half or whatever and i wanted to do podcasting again and especially with me having a new job now i thought like well i'm not sure when my days are going to be so why don't you do a podcast and i can release it once a week every single week so it's pretty much just like about the Bills and Sabres. Um, today's episode was the concerns about the Bills going forward and then a little about Thursday against the Saints. And the Sabres, just my thoughts on the season so far. So you go check it out, BF Sports Podcast. No, BFLL Sports Podcast. Sorry about that. And just like I said, it's going to be about the Bills, Sabres, um, here and there about the Bayonets, the lacrosse here in Buffalo. And it's going to be 50% about me or just me. And then like, let's say if you got, if the Savers are playing a Bruins, I have one you guys on, then that'll be the other 50% as a guest. So yeah. Um, go check it out there. Like I said, I already have a new episode, so give it a listen and um, yeah, that's that.
0: And we will have that. We will have that. Uh, we will tag your page when we post uh, this on Twitter. So you can go find it right there. Jamie, I'm going to toss to you for a second here. Uh, I know Kevin has a question for you as well. Uh, lines came out today for, uh, the Bruins practice. And it seems that Bruce Cassidy wants to switch it up a little bit. Matt Grizzlick is now going to be on that front defensive pair with Charlie McAvoy and moving, uh, I believe it's forward down to that second defensive pair. Do you think this can get, uh, Grizzlick going? Uh, finally, he has been non-existent to start the season to say the least.
3: Yeah. I mean, they need him to, especially on the power play, um, on that second unit, but I've been impressed with um, Zaboro a lot lately. He's really stood out to me. I kind of want to see him on the top line um, alongside Macvoy. But I think he's he's helped the defense out a lot, and having him and Grizzlick in there, uh, I like it a lot. Get all him?
0: right.
1: I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to oh, be boy. the guy that does it, that oh, just boy. fires Chris up right now because he already kind of poked the bear, all right? So, in hindsight, take yourself back to the summer when Vladar walked. <laughs> what did you think? Well, just basic. What were your thoughts on him leaving? No answer. No answer. Right. All right. But that—that's oh, fine. He just put out. <laughs> So Chris, Chris left, and that's exactly what I wanted. That's exactly what I wanted to accomplish. Right? Um, I just wanted Chris to get off the screen for a minute, just just see how how badly I could, you know, uh, get under his skin. But in in, and I guess in this kind of feeds into a different question I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. Um. You knew you knew what Tuger was, right? You knew you knew he had he was battling through some injury. Um, obviously, we we come out and find he has the torn labrum. Um, you know, it kind of gets the ball rolling. Well, if he's out, what's our depth like? So we go out and spend five five million dollars on a goalie. At now that we know it's kind of, eh. What what's your overall take on? this goaltending situation, period, because we've, we've let a lot of, I don't want to say good. We've let a lot of quality goaltenders walk in the last three, three years, I'd say.
3: Yeah. I mean, I feel like with them, Swayman really, I don't want to say messed up their plans, but had they had to look differently at their depth, you know, especially having both Ladar and him played last year. I mean, I would have had to go, um, and you put Fledar in Providence, and you, but then you have Kaiser also, who's um, really good, been really good the past year. So they're in a tough spot. You know, I get why they did it, and I feel like Sweeney kind of was in a no-win situation with keeping both of them, with the possibility of Rask coming back, you know, within the next two months.
2: So I got to ask. Oh, boy. Uh, Buckle up.
3: Quality.
2: Tuka Rask was quality in last three. Are you referring to like Halak? Like, are we saying Halak was quality? We let Halak walk?
1: No, you had, you had, um, I I, I would, this year, this year, even uh, for Calgary, go look up Vladar's stats. He's playing pretty well. I don't think he's a good goalie. Like, I I think it's, this is all talking hindsight. You know, anyone can play well for five games. That's that's kind of my point. But you have <laughs> Vladar. Hold on. Hold on. Vladar. Then you have um, – who's a kid in St. Louis uh, – not St. Louis, San Jose that helped, helped them get to the Stanley Cup?
3: Martin Jones. Yeah. Martin
1: Jones was here. He was with the Bruins. I know we pulled him in from somewhere else. But Martin Jones was here. And then um, – there's one more young goalie. Again, no one's, no one, this isn't like we, oh, we got the next two Rask, but this is more of a, all right, he can get the job done as a backup, right? Like if if you're going to go and spend $5 million on a goalie and then flip the script, it's, well, this, this Swayman, you know, if you're in a one game playoff, who do you want in net right now at the moment? That's kind of I, I don't know. I think yeah. I think I'm going swimming, but you yeah, just spend, I think you just spent five million dollars on a goalie, and it's tough to be like, well, this kid that we're paying five hundred thousand dollars to is going to start in the playoffs, versus the guy we just paid five million to. Whereas Vladar's getting paid less than a million as well. You know, it, it's it's kind of all in hindsight. You don't know what you know in the moment and like you said you got to do what is best and what you think is best and what what they got in return for for Vladar in that um they got a third round pick. Yeah, is a, is a good move. Like you have to do that move at the time. Yeah. But so it's it, this is all talking in hindsight and all I understand that, but hmm, interesting. It's interesting to look back on it, just to kind of get Chris a little riled up let's see guess, let's see where he goes with this if
2: I look at it like this right
1: so like Vladar
2: right so he had a good game against the Bruins so and of course he would shut out the Bruins and of course numerous Bruins fans are all like well that was the guy why do we trade the guy like first off stop Vladar is if he was a starting goaltender in the NHL he would be starting for the Calgary Flames he's not a starting goaltender he's a backup goaltender Bruins maximizes value. They got a third-round pick back for Vladar. I don't think you could have gone into this season with with two inexperienced goaltenders. I think that would have been negligent on on Sweeney's part. Now, having said that, I did challenge a few episodes back when we recorded, saying whether or not the Bruins should have paid Old Mark the money that they're paying him. I think that they they still are overpaying Old Mark. I don't I don't agree they should be paying him the money that they're paying him. And and I guess part of it is what we saw with Buffalo, but, but Boston wants to pay for what the possibility of, of what Omar can be. So I, I guess I can respect that. I still don't want to understand that. So from the, from the Vladar standpoint, you had a good game. Great. Love you. Don't mean it. Fantastic. You shut out the Bruins. Awesome. But I guarantee if the Bruins were to play Calgary again, let's just call it next week, and Vladar was a net, Brad Marchand would light him up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to get all wound up over Dan Vladar. Like, if he was going to be anything, the Bruins would not have dangled him out there. He would still be in the organization. He would still be with, with, you know, with the Bruins, and we wouldn't be having this conversation. I still don't agree with the fact that Don Sweeney's paying Mark. the money he's paying him, but.
1: So let me let me follow up again. And this is an open-ended question to all of you guys, right? We know our goaltending situation. Tuka's working out. It's a much easier move if all of a sudden, well, we're paying two goaltenders, you know, less than a million and a half. Tuca asks healthy. All right, one of you guys get lost. You know, that's a lot easier than. All right, we have, a, we have a young kid that's playing really well. He's probably our number one goalie, but we also just paid this guy $5 million. Kind of got to play him. But we also have goal, uh, a goalie that, if healthy, and if he bounces back, should step into this lineup and be better than both of them, right? Like he, Tuka, if he, I truly believe, and I, I again, I'll go on the record 100 times out of 100 and say I'm probably the biggest Tuka basher because of what he's able to do, I, I I hold him to a higher standard, and Bruins fans don't get that, I don't think, because when he sucks, it's not saying he's a terrible goalie. It's, dude, you're held to an elite category. You didn't play to an elite category, so you suck in the quality of elite categories. But if I had two young guys, and I I in the back of my mind, I wanted Tuka to – Take a chance at coming back. That's a lot easier move. That is a lot easier move. That's kind of where I'm. I'm at. And again, it's all in hindsight. I understand that, but I digress. Is that
4: real fast? Yeah, go right ahead. No, I just want to say that's a good point, Bob. About- Paying, I mean, I know I, my opinion doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not a Bruins fan. Well, you but. had him.
1: It matters. You know the goalie. Like you know, you know what we know now, right? Because yeah. the the what we thought and what I thought even coming in was, dude, we're getting a pretty solid goalie. He was 500 in Buffalo. If you're 500 in Buffalo, mm-hmm. you must be doing something
4: right. Yeah. So, like, that's a tough question to answer because, okay, let's start with Swayman. He's this young guy who pretty much nailed it kevin is the assumed starter right now the pre-assumed starter starter and for good reason he's a solid goalie and th- did he play in the playoffs last year though or well, was it was a
1: push everyone yeah. was yeah. trying to push that he started no vladar because...
0: garden it got shelled
1: yeah, oh, he yeah. Got five goals yeah. in and yeah
4: <laughs> that's the thing like you have a starter who has not a lot of experience in the playoffs, but some experience. So, and that's a tough question. But you're also, again, paying this guy who is making $5 million a year. And you have a little bit of a situation in your hands now. And if you do bring back Rask, who's the I man out? You have a guy who has a young upcoming guy who has playoff experience and has shown that he could be a starter in his league. Or you have a guy who's making $5 million and doesn't have any playoff experience whatsoever. But, again, he's capable of starting the NHL. So I don't know. That's a tough – like, do you get what I'm saying, though? Like, you're so you want, you want to play a guy making $5 million who never really has played into a big game in his life with a, his old team or you're playing a guy who has some playoff experience but not a lot. And it's just, it's just a tough question to start. Like, who do you start? You kind of sp- split the wraps, but again, you answer you ask that question, who are you playing in a big game when it's either do or die?
2: Right now, if it's a big game, I'm playing Swayman. But yeah, um, if you, if you look at kind of the way both these guys have played, I mean, all Mark is also is starting to play his way into the conversation of maybe playing into a big game as well. Um, you know, I love the upside that all brings to the Bruins. I, 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 just, I really, I, I fucking hate the $5 million tag, that, like the money that that he's owed. Like to me, I really think that you, again, I try to follow a lot of the, of the off season rumors and, and, and a lot of, um, you know, what these guys are going to get and, and, there was really nothing out there that's saying that Allmark was going to get five million per. I feel like the Bruins overpaid him. I feel like the Bruins could have got him at three and a half. But I mean, on the flip side, I guess I can go and argue to myself and say, well, if you went off from three and a half, Buffalo would one hundred percent pay him three and a half million per to bring him back. So I guess I understand that you have to overpay him. The Bruins have such a gaping hole on defense right now. Their defense is is just it's. If we go back to last week, it's baby shit. Their defense sucks right now. There is zero depth, and I think it's one of the byproducts why this team's struggling right now, to whereas, again, if you were paying Ulmark less money and you could have taken the rem- a portion of, the, of those dollars to go get another defenseman to help out someone better than Forbort, maybe, for example – are the Bruins in the predicament they are right now? Are there is their record where they're at right now? Is this team
1: playing better hockey? I guess the question goes out to all you guys. I think it's hindsight. You know, like I think that, again, it's – that's kind of what I'm getting at. You now all of a sudden have money. If you Instead of $5 million Hallmark, what if you paid them three? Like you said, a three and a half. You know, yeah, Buffalo matches it, but so what? You know, we, you, you, knowing what you know now, so what? Um, I did have one more question, very quick for Jamie. It's going to be a yes or no. Do you trust Cassidy to? All right, hey, we're in game seven. You know, Can you do. have you have the you have the tag ownership. Obviously, is like shit, man. We just paid this dude. What you do sends a clear message to the entire fan base. Do you trust them to be swimming? Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I'll trust him.
1: Yeah, me too. I agree. And that's why I think Cassie's the coach for this team and I people shit
0: on him but I I I like him. So with that being said, we need to get going to our Friendsgiving a- aspect of this because uh this was a big thing Chris wanted in this podcast today and we're going to put it in this podcast today. Yeah, I
2: like Thanksgiving. I think it's it's a good time. Yeah. So before when we do that, Thanksgiving is important. You have you get friends together, you have you have conversation, you have you have meal. Good cocktails when you're a kid thanksgiving <laughs> it is what it is It's christmas all what it is as an adult thanksgiving overtakes christmas
0: so before we get to any of those hot takes and we will get to hot takes later at the end of this podcast too but that has to do with uh your respective hockey teams uh head over to once again shockedenergy.com and use promo code cgsn today for 10 percent off your order also uh we are sponsored by exo gun don't want to forget to use that one ExoGon, great uh, great tool to help your any of your tightened muscles. I know a lot of the Bruins players use it, and I've heard great things about it. With that being said, though, I want to get dive into some different aspects of Thanksgiving here. We've all seen, I'm sure by now, the Matthew Judon, uh, you know, press conference saying, you know, he's not a mac and cheese fan, you know? Well, Thanksgiving I don't agree with it but you know I still gotta love the guy because he has 10 and a half sacks with the Patriots and I can't complain that being said I'm gonna start with Jamie uh, I'll'll I'll, I'll hop I'll, I'll say mine first and I'm gonna head to Jamie next your favorite side when it comes to uh Thanksgiving and I'm gonna go underrated side I'm gonna go the roll Not a lot of people give enough uh love to the yeast rolls at Thanksgiving I I feel I feel like I could, it's like the Texas roadhouse rolls you could eat 20 of them and you'd still be you'd still be going at that turkey. And if you really want to, you can make a turkey sandwich with it in the middle of your Thanksgiving. Put some great slap some gravy on there. Call it a day.
4: Jeff, I made me hungry. I'm, <laughs> I'm,
0: just, I'm just getting you guys hyped up for the uh holiday season. Yeah, but I'm starting right yeah, now. So what the heck? Well, you can go cook yourself a turkey down the hall. There you go. I don't know. Where I'm doing a is. podcast
4: right now. <laughs> I can't <do> that,
0: sir. <laughs> uh, Jamie, give me uh your uh, underrated side to start with
3: probably stuffing i'm a big stuffing guy you know just pop uh, that on <laughs> with some gravy that's that'll get me going on on thursday what about you zach
4: i'm not a big side guy to be honest with you i just like my turkey that's a hot hey, take, that's fine but,
0: you, can, um, you can be a turkey fan
4: i like having the rolls like you said and i'm a huge fan of salad too that's a nice little Side this right there. It's not popular one, I'm sure. But like I said, I'm not a big you know stuffing cranberry everything else guy. And I agree with, with Matthew Judon by the way. I don't like mac and cheese. So mac
2: and cheese there. does not belong on the Thanksgiving table. Mac I and agree. cheese is like when I think of mac and cheese right. It's
0: like I the have,
2: barbecues. One hundred percent barbecue. I have never made a homemade mac and cheese. Like if I'm thinking mac and cheese, I got one or two things. Yeah, the TikTok recipes of what you can make for barbecues, or fucking craft mac and cheese. Those are the only two that I'm thinking about. And if you're gonna put one of those two on my table for Thanksgiving,
0: you're out. Kevin, give me your uh, uh, underrated side.
1: Underrated? Oh man, um, underrated. I, I I don't even know if it's underrated, because, but I love it, and I could eat a whole can of it if you ask. Don't say it. Cranberry sauce oh. is a hundred percent cranberry
2: sauce with the oh. rivets on the side.
1: Oh, yes. God, no. Oh, oh, it's dude, that's gas. In, no. in, in 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 side note, side note to Chris. I agree it doesn't belong on the on the table, especially at Thanksgiving. I agree with that. But homemade mac and cheese, oh it's it's that's some good stuff right there, man. That's some good stuff. But cranberry sauce, everyone sleeps on, I think judging by Jeff's reaction yeah, no, that, no yes, oh, that's so I'll I'll get,
0: I'll get to that in a second Chris give me your uh, underrated all right so
2: I I love stuffing and here's the thing with stuffing though because so I'm here in southeastern Massachusetts and where I am where I'm at is a very like it's a highly like Portuguese populated area so they'll throw Charisse, which is a Portuguese like pork sausage in there, um, in their, in their stuffing. And let me tell you what you want to talk about fire, whatever you want it whatever name you want to put it on there. It is so good. Matter of fact, I bought a double box of stovetop stuffing today. Cause I don't use real bread. Fuck that. I don't do that. I went and took that nine 30 this morning, woke up was brewing a coffee in the cold brew. I mean, on the, uh, Keurig, I was going to do cold brew, but I did the, uh, the other side of it. I made stuffing through the, that inside there. Phenomenal. I've snacked on that all day. I love that. But underrated for me, one of the things that we do at my house with my parents is just very simple. We do just like a noodle with like broccoli, olive oil, some onions, mix that around. Very simple. Just a broccoli and noodles together. I take that. I throw it with the stuffing, the Turkey. I prefer dark meat, by the way, when it comes to Turkey, I'm a dark meat kind of guy. And a little bit of gravy on the top there, uh,
0: and we're all set. I like me some dark meat turkey, though. Well, there—that—that that just answered all my questions. So, I will say, I, I want to get to overrated here for a second. I could go two ways. With I could go the cranberry sauce way. I could go that way, but I feel like I feel like that's too cliche. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go hot take, and I don't do hot takes on here. You know this. I, I leave it to you, Chris and Kevin. I'm going to go hot take on this one. I'm going to say pie is overrated. I'm going to say, which, so I don't do
2: desserts. I am not. Oh, you don't? But for Thanksgiving, I will, I will fuck with a pumpkin pie. Like that is my shit. I will have pumpkin pie, a nice cup of coffee, take a nap, because then I work in like (laughs) hours after that.
0: So I will, I will say, I will eat apple pie if I have to. Other than that, I'm not a huge pie fan. I'll eat chocolate pie too, but I'm not a huge pie fan. I'm not a huge grandpa, like a Graham cat cracker delight kind of pie. You garnish your pie though. Do you do a little like, uh, I I don't know. I don't even make the pie. My mother makes the pie, dude. I,
2: yeah, I
0: I, I show, I show up to my house and and everything's made and I just watch football and eat food, take a nap. Call it watch football and sleep that's all <laughs> watch football
1: drink and sleep that's about it I'll a good time oh, all yeah, right
0: I don't know what it's like it is my Tuesday night exactly yeah. yes so with that being said I want to move on to uh what your favorite Thanksgiving tradition is and before I toss to Zach I'm gonna say mine is obviously I I have three Fs to Thanksgiving food family and obviously football I will watch football all day I, I am not a crowd kind of guy. When we have 10 people over at my house for Thanksgiving, I will go downstairs and just watch football until dinner's ready. And I will take a nap in between. I'll probably take a nap during the Lions and uh, Chicago Bears game because why would you want to watch it? Don't worry about it. You also didn't <laughs> So I, would, I, I will watch football, and that is my huge tradition every year. Obviously, spend time with my family. It's one of, th- like Chris, Thanksgiving is probably one of my favorite holidays it's a day where I can eat as much food as I want and not feel bad about myself at the end of it. As even though I do that anyway, but this is where really where I can not feel bad about myself eating too much food. Zach, what is your favorite uh, Thanksgiving tradition?
4: Football. football, Football, man. All for football. You Give got bills on this
0: Thursday too. So you'll be.
4: Oh yeah. I can't wait to be stressed out <laughs> for that one again. Yay. Yeah, can't wait. Nice. Well, wake up. I'm going to go to get, Go to an ice rink because I started playing hockey again. Started skating that morning, Thursday morning. And then it's going to be time to be stressed out for the next eight hours on Thanksgiving because, yes, I had to wait all freaking day for my team to play. And I hate it. <laughs> like, I don't want to watch the Detroit Lions take on the Chicago Bears. But um, well, you don't
0: want to watch the Dallas Cowboys take on the Oakland Raiders.
4: Oh, there we go. Can we just – can we just like forfeit the Lions play on Thanksgiving, please, and have someone else play. Uh, man, I,
0: that that's a whole nother you know. Thanksgiving. That was gonna
4: be. That was gonna
1: be like my hot take. You're oh, overrated. Hot hey, take the that we the NFL, the, the NFL is like completely dropping the ball on the Thanksgiving game, and it's because they involve the Lions every goddamn year, in every goddamn year. They are so bad that that game you stop watching after the first quarter. It's it, they're missing. They're missing it. They're just just good job, Goodell. You suck just,
0: again.
4: Just turn on the parade. And just call it a day. I feel bad with Joe afraid. Buck
0: and Troy Aikman. They have to call that game. I mean, yeah. have fun. Exactly, Chris. What is your uh, Thanksgiving tradition? Again, you know, like now that I've gotten older,
2: it really is just spending time with family to be honest with you. Um, you know, the football piece is an added bonus. Um, the really good food is an added bonus. Uh, you know, you go back, you know, in my, like, I guess, mid twenties when, you know, you're off for Thanksgiving, it's a day off from work. Um, and you know, now it, truly it, it's about just having a good meal and just being around like the people that, you know, that's important to you. And I think that that's ultimately what's important when it comes to Thanksgiving. Um, and and I guess, you know, one of the things I will say is you guys get older, I feel, I feel like I'm fucking 50 as I'm saying this, right. But, um, as you guys get older, you'll definitely, you'll definitely start to see a lot of that. You know what I mean? It's about being around people that, um, love, care about all that other fancy shit, but football is important on, on Thanksgiving. Um, You know, I'm hoping that the uh, the Buffalo Bills lose because the New England Patriots are in first place in the AFC East. um, Believe it or not, I don't know if you heard about that. It was
1: huge news all over, like ESPN. Oh yeah,
4: I saw from all your Twitter accounts the other day. We're in first place. Yeah, 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 Buffalo.
1: Buffalo kind of uh, Mac Mac stinks.
2: Mac Jones is leading the New England Patriots. Um, the New England Patriots the most dangerous team in the AFC. I don't know if anybody like knows this.
0: Right? Yeah, I said be nice on here. I didn't. I didn't say we were going to talk too much football here, guys. Thank God,
1: everybody.
0: the Patriots are the most dangerous
2: team in the <laughs> AFC. I look forward to the. To be honest with you, when the Patriots and the Bills do play, it is going to be like the rubber meets the road when that matchup happens because I I, I generally do do think that the winner of that game controls the destiny of the remainder of the AFC playoffs with that number one seed. If New England wins this week, if New England beats the Titans this week and obviously they elevate themselves further in the playoffs, if they defeat the Buffalo, uh, the Buffalo Bills, you one, you have, you're one up in that, in that column with the W against Buffalo. And I think you control your destiny in that point. And and the Patriots, like again, all Homer Patriotsness aside, like, they are playing really good football and they are the team to beat right now in the AFC. Buffalo is is, is sputtering for whatever reason. And I'm sure they're gonna figure that out, but they're they're I so. The the Chiefs, I'm gonna be honest, I, I just don't have the confidence of the Chiefs. Like Patrick Mahomes does not look good all year. Their their passing game is poor. I think the Patriots would shut down their running game. Um beyond that, like, are you afraid of the Steelers? Like, Ben Roethlisberger? No. Get out of here. Like, who else in the AFC are you afraid of? No one. I think the Patriots are right now. Right now, like, again, where we're sitting, 10-15 at night, two days before Thanksgiving, the New England Patriots, they are the team to beat in the AFC, but that can change over the course of the next couple of weeks.
4: There's not really a team that's, that's like, separating themselves. Like, I would say New England's the highest team right now. I'm not afraid to say it because I am not a homer. I mean, yes, I hate the team, but I'm not gonna deny that they're not playing great football. They are playing great football. Yeah, you can say they're playing the Falcons, but you know what? Oh, I'm gonna torture myself. We played the Jacksonville Jaguars a couple weeks ago. Um, it wasn't a blowout. It was it was <laughs> Nine terrible. Points. yeah, it was awful. So it just goes to show you the NFL is a one week, a week at a time league. I know this is a hockey podcast, but I'm just being honest with you.
0: Hey, we go off the rails here so much, it's not even funny anymore. <laughs>
4: <laughs> like, they, the defense is playing great. You guys have a great defense, and that Monday Night Football game is going to be huge. That Both games we have against each other are going to be huge. That's probably going to decide the side of the vision right there because the Jets, we don't, I don't care about <laughs> them. The Dolphins don't scare me. We already swept <laughs> them. So it's really going to – and I'm going to that Monday Night Football game too – and oh, it's actually be hyped. I went to the indie game, and that part would be a freaking different result. Hopefully, because... it doesn't
0: rain on you again, because I it felt bad for you. It was like miserable oh, there. Let, was... al- let alone it was a blowout, but I mean, it was just miserable for to just to sit there.
4: Like that... I had a punch on and everything. I'm like, oh dear God, just... Oh, it just it was just so fitting that that's how I felt during the game, just like out of it and cold and just oh.
0: So before we move on to closing remarks, uh, I didn't get Kevin's tradition. I'm guessing it's football too, but I'm gonna let him take the floor for a second and give his tradition.
1: No, I'm gonna um I, I don't I don't know if this is a thing. I learned yesterday during a workout class. This is so weird. This is like, I don't uh, know what what should, oh, you guys ever watch New Girl? They have the uh the like the douchebag jar. Yeah. Did this will like fill that with that? but just stick with me. Um fill like doll bills with that. Every time you like your dudes you put a dollar bill in if you don't know, yeah. So I thought this was like a national thing. Everyone did this. Found out yesterday. That's not the case. It might just be Massachusetts and might just be my alcoholic hometown. Um my Thanksgiving, like what what I really look forward to and I enjoy doing, it's a chain of events and it, it, it gets to a point. First, it starts tomorrow night. Everyone goes out, you, you go to your, you know, your local bars in your hometown, whatever it is. You, you have a few adult beverages and maybe a few too many, but, you know, to each his own. The next morning, you wake up, go to the high school football game, hungover, whatever, you know, Cold weather, you're kinda of out, hot chocolate, whatever it may be. Go back home, foods ready, foods, you know, maybe some appetizers, maybe some rolls, take a nap, take a little, little 15, 20 minute nap, kind of cat nap. Wake up and the meals the meal's there. The meals ready.
0: I will say, down in Southern Maine where I live, there they do have a big football game on Thanksgiving. It's the Portland Deering High School uh, Thanksgiving friendly game. doesn't mean anything, but you know, obviously it means, uh, bragging rights. So yeah, I get what you, I get where you're coming from.
1: Yeah. So, so same thing, go, go watch And my hometown football team stinks. So it's not anything to really watch. i more, sometimes I bounce around to either the high school I coach at, or, um, my family grew up in the town over from us. So maybe I'll go to there like this year I'm going to, um, that town's game because my little nephew is going to his first um, high school football game. So I'm going to go there with him and kind of enjoy it uh, with him and my cousin. So anyways, go to that game, come home, take, you know, the food should be ready. Take a little nap, whatever it may be. You wake up and then you watch some football, take another nap after you eat because you're in a food coma and you're just allowed to hum- Gotta get hung over for me. I gotta be hung over because when I'm hung over, when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to eat. So I end up not eating for a long period of time. And then that dinner comes. Wash your fingers, boys, because it's it's open season. Kev- I, I, Kevin's I feast. coming. Yeah, oh, I I feast.
0: Kevin's hands turn into claws and you do not so want to eat. So that's
1: there. yeah, that's kind of like my yeah. my tradition. I don't really eat until like dinner time. So that when dinner's out. It's it's open season and my parents say every year, you know, I don't eat a lot in general. Usually like I don't eat like lunch, breakfast, dinners, kind of dinner might be my only real meal. um, But they're like, glad to see you were hung over today. That's their that's their telltale sign that Uh. going for thirds. They're like, oh, this kid probably hasn't eaten in 24 hours. Makes sense. I love
0: it. Let, let, let's, leave it at, let's leave it at that. I want to get to closing remarks really, really quick. Um, So, Zach, what we do is we're just going to give our hot takes, and you can give your hot takes for the Sabres for the upcoming week. Uh, I'm not, I know they play the Bruins, obviously, on Wednesday. I don't know the rest of their schedule, but whatever the rest of their schedule is, until next Tuesday, you can uh, do any hot take you want on that aspect. As for the Bruins, obviously, they're at the Sabres tomorrow, and then they have a Black Friday game at home against the rangers and then they play the knuckleheads on uh, sunday uh at home so zach oh, since you're our guest today and jamie could not uh return due to wi-fi connection issues i'm gonna let you take the floor and uh give me your hot take for this weekend
4: so um i do think we're gonna lose tomorrow night against you guys um you guys are just the better team obviously and it's hard beating the bruins when you're in a position where the series are, but I have a bull prediction here. I do think they will. They have five games coming up coming up here, and so they play you guys, and then Black Friday, the Montreal, and then Detroit, Seattle, Florida, and Carolina. I say they win three of those games of the next five because you look at their schedule. Okay, we beat Montreal already. We can do that. We could beat Detroit too, despite blowing a 3-1 lead, which I will not talk about. Um, and then you had the Seattle Kraken who works not so well. And then, but then you're welcome, you're going to see old friend Sam Reinhardt and the Panthers, who are a great hockey team. And then on top of that, as we record right now, you are facing the 14 2 and 1 Carolina Hurricanes. So um, yeah, you better get winning these if you can find a way to sque- I will be happy with a. I know we are not the ones to celebrate moral victories, but if you can get a point out tomorrow night against a good Bruins team, I'll be happy with that. And then win the next three. And it's a freaking miracle if they get two point or two out of one of those Carolina floor games. I will literally run down my street celebrating, blasting weird champions if we do that.
0: I I will expect a video of that, that we will. Then post ah, on our, our Twitter page. Now, you just said that, and I'm screwed. You, yeah. So Kevin, uh, going up to you next. Uh, what is your hot take for the Bruins this weekend?
1: You guys aren't gonna like this. They're
0: gonna lose all three, aren't they?
1: For the weekend, no. Oh okay. no.
0: Oh, that, you know.
1: But they're gonna. They're gonna. Buffalo is gonna be a tough game. Yeah, that's my take. My they win. But what what they really should do is what Calgary get did to us. It should be like a four nothing game. We you know we kind of put them away early. Yep. I think we I think we beat Buffalo three two four two. Keep in mind like an empty net goal, so really like, realistically three, three two. two. Yeah. Um.
4: The very all star. I don't. I. I. I w. I,
1: I, hate- I think we go I think we go one and three. Man. Okay, there
0: there it is. I, I hate I think the pause that you and just two. gave. One,
1: I think okay. we go one and two because don't sleep on the Rangers, dude. They're oh, tough. God, nah. They're they're a tough team. You know they they battle. Um, I think I think it's a that's a game you kind of look at and you have two options and Cassidy kind of needs to have this in the back of his mind. If they don't, if they don't put them away, like if they don't step on their throats early in the f- first second period, it's gonna be a bloodbath. It's it's gonna be a down to the wire, and if it comes down to the wire, I think New York wins that game. They they've had some games of late where they've battled back and they've gone into OT shootouts and they've they've won.
4: Just don't let them um, score a point four seconds ago in the third period. Just
1: right. So you know they they've battled, and I think that's what the Bruins haven't really been tested too late, and I think that's where the New York, where the Rangers will have the advantage. Vancouver Canucks are the ones that kind of make me swallow my words because that's another game where it's like, dude, you, if you lose the Canucks, I'm gonna like, I'm jumping off the Zaycum, and there's you know, there's there's nothing we're doing about that. So. um Another game we should win.
0: The Knuckleheads.
1: But I I don't know. My God is saying that Vancouver game goes south.
4: If you Both. beat them, they'll probably ride in the city like they did in 2011. So Both. just be Both. ready for that. Oh, boy.
0: I will love that every second of that. So we're going to close it out with the great gold jacket down below. Not not Hall of Fame jacket, but a gold jacket.
4: It's going to be Hall
0: of
1: Fame He's giving me the stinky eye. And if you watch... He's if like, I'm going to rip this kid a new one real quick.
0: If you're <laughs> listening on the podcast right now and not watching on YouTube, he uh Chris is wearing a backwards hat and a gold jacket uh, ready to roast Kevin to end the show. So I'm going to leave it to him here to close out the show before I uh, give my final closing uh remarks. Go ahead, Chris.
2: Bruins defense is going to be the key over the next three games. And, and the Bruins defense, again, we've, we've, We've commented on this quite a bit. They have struggled, right? So <clears throat> I think the Bruins' defense is going to come up strong. I, I I I feel like the Bruins are going to take at least two of these games. I think they're going to beat Buffalo. I think they're going to beat Vancouver. And if they were to lose to New York, I think it's it's one of those like overtime games where they're going to still get a point out of that game, but they're going to lose. They could lose that game. But those three teams don't, in the grand scheme of things, scare me. So, um, and if you were to say to me in any combination of those games that the Bruins would go to overtime and lose, and then they win the next two, I wouldn't be shocked either. So I think the Bruins are going to come out of this next three games with at least two Ws. I, I would expect the defense to play better. We need Charlie McAvoy to play better than what he did in the last game i like to see Mike Riley actually make a difference for the New England, uh, for the New England Patriots. Where the fuck would that come from? Jesus Christ. For the Boston Bruins. i like to see oh Mike man. Riley actually make an impact for the Bruins because he really has been, a, he's been despite, you know, a couple of games back, you know, the the goal or whatever, but he has been a non-factor. The, a lot of these guys in defense have been a, have been a non-factor. Um, and, and I just, I, I think the defense is going to be the key of the next three games. So I think the Bruins win at least two of the next three, and then we uh, reconvene next week after being completely full from a nice Thanksgiving dinner, having our sides. By the way, I mentioned this in our text: the yams of the marshmallows get the get out of here. I don't. That needs to go. If you Thank have I'm
0: not sure if that's like a thing down here where I'm at. It's not a thing up here in Maine, that's for sure.
1: I, I I don't want I don't want Chris to get off topic here. This sweet. dude was stink eyeing me through the entire my entire take. I think it's and he just immediately me. goes and just like follows up with what I just said. How is and that any different than what I just said? He's buzzed.
0: What do you want to th- What do you yeah. want him to do? Who so am I? But we're, we're like, where are we differing <laughs>
1: here?
2: <laughs> I think, I think one I had four gin and tonics, Hendrix and tonic, Hendrix <laughs> gin.
0: You say a- it, Joe. I've had a high noon, and I'm also having a Corona. My dude's double fisting right now. That's where he's at. he like, got a
4: beer. He got a gold jack on this man. is like Hollywood My, d- my dude's straight
1: gold. swagger right now. I thought this dude was going to be like, Kev, we're going like three, and zero. it's going to be like four, nothing games. Oh, no, he Jesus. just takes, he took yeah, what my, I
2: said. My Homer, like, I'm not going to say three, and zero. like that is such a Homer. Pain. I'm going to say at least I got Cape Cod chips too. Cape Cod, by the way. Um, I'm going to say at least they get. they're going to go, they're going to win two of these next three games.
1: Um is and the Van- Rangers don't scare you unless we go to OT, which is a
4: battle or, game 4.4 and- <laughs> 4 seconds to go in for <laughs> period.
2: I just I don't I just I think Vancouver is I guess when I think of Vancouver, I think of when the when the Bruins won the Stanley Cup. I think of like that team and they were just a bunch of pussies. Yeah, they're and, soft. And that's what I think about it. exactly management soft. So I guess this is what I kind of equate Vancouver to be at, so I'm not ultimately scared with them. I think the Rangers, it's more of, you have that New York mystique, you know, I I think sometimes you play, you know, Boston, New York, you just, you get yourself amped up for, for that matchup. And I think that there's an opportunity where New York can steal one because they're going to get amped up for playing Boston uh, and whatever. So, um I think the Bruins did. I think the Bruins did to win the next at least two of three games. I, if not, and, and if they don't, and they do the opposite, and they only win one of the two of the, uh, one of the three of these games. Now we're going to be, you know, we're approaching December. I think we talked about in a few podcasts uh, back, it was around December when we were going to be able to truly evaluate what this team is. If they drop, you know, two of the next three games based off how they're playing, I think we might have painted the picture who the actual Boston Bruins are.
4: I do have another hot take for this just to end this up. Yeah, go right ahead. I do I, I do still think we're going to lose tomorrow, but I still think they're going to put up a good fight against the Bruins. I just have a feeling that they will because if they can hang in there with the Edmonton Oilers and yeah. they can hang in there with the Bruins. Now, that's not a shot at the Bruins. They're still a good team, I believe. But what I've seen this team do, and despite getting shut out by you guys earlier this year, they still put up a good fight. Like, they're getting their chances. They're just getting so, so many unlucky bounces going their way. So, I do think it's going to be a hard-fought game from the Sabres. Like I said, I do still think we lose, but as long as they're showing some heart, I'm happy with that.
0: Well, Zach, thank you for coming on today and a little last minute. But we we loved having you talking about the Sabres. We don't get that much, and, you know, cheers to with a chip and a – can of beer over here
4: gold up, jacket up, over here
0: gold jacket down below i uh happy thanksgiving everybody hope you guys have a great holiday enjoy your time with the family enjoy your football enjoy your fun enjoy your food enjoy whatever you want to enjoy uh just enjoy the holiday because we got, we got another one coming around the corner guys we're, we're a, a, almost a month away from our next holiday And I I know it's everyone's favorite holiday, maybe except Chris's. I'm not sure what. We'll we'll get that take on another episode, though.
2: Christmas?
0: Christmas? Yes. Or Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday? What? That ain't a holiday. (laughs) Cyber Monday. This
4: is Buzz right now, man.
3: I mean, maybe it's
0: a holiday. I, I don't see it as a holiday. I'm talking about major holiday. Anyway, that being said, Christmas <laughs> kicks off my vacation,
2: so it could be whatever we want to do. A, you want to do an early show on uh, the week after
0: Christmas? Uh, uh, okay, well, I'll remember that. You you might have to text me just to remind me, but I probably won't remember that. It's too far away to remember right now. But like I said, enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your time with your families and friends. Zach, thank you. I am thank Jeff Hogue. Me on. I am Jeff Hogue. That's Kevin Perdillos, and that's Ke- Chris Henrique. And this has been a uh, short, shorthanded takes a Boston Bruins podcast brought to you by thanks to Jamie, who just randomly disappeared. Yeah, no, he he really
4: just he pulled Avante Davis and I was halfway through his like, show and headed out. Jamie just pulled
0: like Irish goodbye I
2: didn't say anything to anybody, just like, Look at him done. So, yeah. my man, my man just, just
1: disappeared. Irish goodbye, and he was just like, Yeah, I'm all right with this. So, he's yeah. that one,
0: he's that one family member. I, I said this is like a Thanksgiving dinner, he's that one family member that just leaves in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner. No one sees him leave, and we just don't mention it again until the end of the day when, you know, just boom, poof. That's the way to do it. it. The table just leaves. That's the way to do it. Well, like I said, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a great night. Have a great week. Go Bruins, and go Sabres down below there for and go my Bills. friend Zach.